From the Omaha Bugle Global News Headquarters, this is the Global News Network with Senior Correspondent Jeff Weaver and Senior Correspondent Adam Von Romer. Mr. Weaver, here we go again, finding ourselves at the Global News Desk of the Omaha Bugle's Global News Network. And I think today I'm going to entitle this episode, The Ultimate Decline of Western Society. I swear my head is about to explode after reading these articles. Why so, Adam? Well, first off, I want to start off with a really prominent article. Now, as you're well aware, I do a lot of reading and I subscribe to a bunch of magazines. And one of the, it wasn't even like an editorial. It was an article about the movement, if you will, or even the necessity for a etiquette class to be taught in the workplace. Now, I want to regale you with a little bit of a story first, and then I'd like to go kind of like through some of these points. <laughs> yeah, just kind of just kind of share some of my opinions with you. But the other day, and I'm a big fan of using like online shopping services. And yeah, I don't think I've been to a grocery store probably in a year. I just, I don't enjoy it. I don't find the experience to have any real value. So I just sit here in the comfort of my home office and order my groceries online and have them delivered. And I guess I have the wrong thought about what should happen when you do that. But the other day I got my groceries delivered and the person delivering my groceries was standing there and honestly in a pair of fuzzy bedroom slippers, skin tight like workout Lululemon shorts, a midriff top, all of which she had outgrown probably about 30 pounds ago and about nine inch long fingernails. And she's trying to hold like four bags of groceries. And well, at least it's a she. Well, we're not gonna go down that slippery slope. <laughs> not hardly. But, you know, I'm noticing this more and more often. I had to put a sign on my front door because I frequently get packages. And I swear to you, I put a, a yellow 8.5 by 11 sign in like 72-point bold impact print that says, Delivery drivers, place packages on bench, ring bell, right? I tried to eliminate anything that could be extraneous or misunderstood. And I came home the other day to find a package sitting directly beneath the yellow sign that I have on my door on the front porch in a puddle. The reason I put the sign up is because when it rains, like we have our little South Florida rains in the afternoon, my porch floods. Well, Adam, given the length of that directive, I can see how they might have gotten confused. I mean, bench, I could confuse that with watery ground. I mean, there's ambiguity there. I get it. Well, and like I said, I tried to take and use as few words as possible. I got a TV delivered from a well-known electronics company here in the area. And guess where they put it? Literally. In your garden? Right in the puddle. I and the last delivery... waterproof, are they? No. And the last one was great. Rather than put it on the porch, they left it on the sidewalk. Completely exposed. So I'm hazarding to guess that some of this has to do with maybe the training or the attitude of some of the people that are getting these jobs. Now, what I thought was great about this article was it says that a large percentage of employers as of 2024 are going to start implementing etiquette training classes for their new hires. I think it was 60% of the 1,500 human resource people they interviewed said they're going to require some kind of etiquette class for people when they're being onboarded. And <laughs> I got to, uh, some of these things are fascinating. Out of the 1,600 
plus respondents, 78% said that workers could not make polite conversation. Well, it doesn't really surprise me, Adam. I mean, I, so many of the new workers, they grew up in an age where they were all hunkered down playing video games, not necessarily even in the same room, and really didn't converse with about much of anything with anybody. So you're saying because the lack of social contact that now we have to school them in social contact. Well, I think that there is a certain isolation that arises when you're constantly focused on a screen. And I might point out that I suspect that's a leading cause of the declining birth rate since people are not, shall we say, interacting in any meaningful physical way the way they used to. Well, I understand that people have virtual pets. I thought that was a big thing when Carmen was a kid. I guess next thing we're going to see virtual babies. I mean, we have virtual meat, so why not? How about this? 75% said workers do not dress professionally. Harkening back to my delivery of groceries, maybe I'm mistaken, but I'm thinking that when you go to work, dressing in a suitable fashion for the work environment would kind of be part of the gig. You mean the fuzzy slippers would be off limits in most places? Well, yeah, that and showing up to work in your pajama bottoms. Well, yeah, I think you're probably right. Or the midriff or the yeah. nine-inch fingernails, although I don't know. Well, you know what? I've seen, I've actually seen people out on the street in the fuzzy bedroom slippers, and I've seen the, I think I went to the post office once, and there was a person wearing their pajama bottoms in the line at the post office. Admittedly, that is not employment, and only because the person in the pajamas wasn't on the back side, the other side of the counter, which I might not be surprised at that post office. But well, uh, well, Adam, I guess part of the problem is that there just seems to be a general laxness or laxity, maybe that's the right word, about how people comport themselves. I mean, even if you go into a church service, a lot of churches, which I guess would, shall we say, have a more youthful audience, you don't tend to see a lot of people wearing coats and ties and dresses. You'll see people in shorts and flip-flops. And yeah. let's face it, the churches, a lot of churches are happy to get anybody in there, given what's going on with the enrollments in, mm -hmm. in church across the country so flip-flops or not you know even have underwear on hey welcome aboard you know we're happy to have you here <laughs> there well how about this one 69 percent said employees could not write a professional email well i get that because i being one who is shall we say over the age of 30 by a significant margin I get a lot of, shall we say, ribbing, that's probably a nice way to put it, from my adult children about my need to punctuate text messages. And I uh, have, I have a, noticed that with you. I have noticed they, that. They will send, I mean, they'll send fragments and everything. I don't bother correcting them, I, but I, I feel kind of that it sort of reflects on me if I send something out that doesn't have a period, because if it doesn't have a period, you don't know if I've still got some little kernel of wisdom to add to the needy text message that I've already sent out to you. And if I don't use a capital letter, you don't know when the thought is being broken up into sequence. It's kind of hard to understand a 12-line fragment, basically. Uh, don't get me started on the morass of text messages. My 80-year-old mother has decided to start texting. <laughs> well, what can go wrong with that, right? Oh, my God. <laughs> That's a whole different show, my friend. According to this article, 45% of employers, nearly half of all the employers, currently offer etiquette classes. That doesn't surprise me because I think you just have less and less tying us together in a common society as far as what we all experience growing up and of course as you get different cultures proliferating there's even 
a more frazzled national ethos or concept of what's appropriate. And mm-hmm. God forbid you suggest what's appropriate because then you're made a microaggression on pretty much everybody else who's wearing said fuzzy slippers, midriffs nine-inch nails, pajama uh-huh. pants, whatever. And if you are insisting on any kind of standard of conduct, then you're basically oppressing people. Is that what that is? It's oppression, huh? I think it's oppression. Uh, how dare we? You know what? I felt bad because I actually went to an appointment not too long ago in a short sleeve shirt. Now, I almost never, ever, ever wear short sleeve shirts unless I'm like playing golf or out on the boat or something. But it just so happened that I had a doctor's appointment that day and I didn't feel like having to strip off a tie, a shirt, a t-shirt, etc. Yeah. You know, for the procedure. But I felt bad. I mean, literally, I felt guilty about not wearing a shirt and tie to go out. And I guess I'm thinking maybe part of it is where we live and part of it might be that generational issue. But I mean, just the mere thought that, you know, people don't know how or don't understand how to comport themselves in an office. Now, listen, if you're throwing cinder blocks on pallets and stuff, that's one thing. But if you're in a quasi-professional environment, that's entirely different. I mean, good luck putting a bunch of masons, you know, block masons in an etiquette class. (laughs) Yeah. Or, yeah, take my dear old dad and all of his buddies at the International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers and, you know, put them in an etiquette class. That would be colorful. But, you know, again, we're not talking about guys that are working in an office environment. We're talking about people that are working sub-basements and pulling wires through pipes. In my dad's case, he even worked at a nuclear power plant. <laughs> well, well, of course, those are the guys that build stuff. So we're mm-hmm. certainly not suggesting that they are somehow lesser. They're, it's obviously that the nature of their workplace is such that you don't dress up for. It really wouldn't make much sense to wear a not suit and throw a, a block wall up. Yeah, it would last about 15 seconds. And I get that, you know. Or can you see them all sitting around the lunch table, sipping their coffee out of their thermoses with their pinkies upraised? <laughs> <laughs> Having or orange sure. and high tea. Yeah, or making sure they have the appropriate fork in the appropriate place and setting. Yeah, I don't see that. And we're not talking about that type of etiquette. This is really interesting. Two-thirds of those respondents say that they're already offering the courses and they're very successful. Well, let's sort of think about it. You know, you have families that have been fractured more and more. You know, divorce is more prevalent. You have a lot of kids growing up in a house where there's only one parent and probably works one job, two jobs. The parent's not around much. So they find themselves raising themselves. And of course, where do they get their inspirations from? Oh, the internet. You know, that vast digital cesspool that (laughs) pervades all society. So... It doesn't surprise me that they don't really know how to act because what role models do they have on the internet? Yeah. I'm not aware of anything. And the other part of it is they're not really, again, a lot of kids are just more isolated than they used to be. The gaming is just one symptom of that. Mm -hmm. But I just don't get the impression that kids get together like they used to, whether it's playing with each other. You know, as a kid, we'd all, you know, our parents would literally throw us out of the house and tell us to go play down the street. (laughs) And there wasn't really a lot of concern if our bodies should turn up in a ditch somewhere. Just get out of the house, go play with them, and you get socialized, right? You hit each other, oh, you, yeah. know, you hit each oh, other with bats and balls. After a while, you got to learn what behavior is appropriate, what behavior is because you're bruised. And, but most kids, if you drive down your neighborhood, my neighborhood, I never see any kids outside no. playing anything. Nah. I very rarely go out. If they go out in the sun, they get vaporized. But yeah, very rarely will I see kids in the neighborhood. But I, I thought know, this was this was a, a great 
thing here. It says that 10% of the etiquette will be required for Gen Z's and new college graduates age 18 27. 60% will require training for all employers or employees. And it says, although, this is great, it says, although Gen Z workers excel in other areas, 95% excel in computer software, but 91% are incompetent at using basic office equipment. Well, I can't say anything about that. I can't use it either. So. I was gonna say, you know, I think that the rudimentary things like using the copier properly or using the printers, I think that's a real issue. Yeah, you know, yeah what's gonna happen at the office Christmas parties when people are sitting up bare naked onto the copier and nobody knows how to work it. Nobody knows how to work it. What a downer for the Christmas party. Well, you know what they might do? They might just snap it and TikTok it around the office. I forgot about that. Yeah, see? Well, you know what? That's because we weren't really involved with that. It goes on in this article to say that 62% were confident, or only 62% said they were confident with soft skills, such as accepting constructive criticism, and 66 said they're not adept at keeping controversial topics out of the workplace. So let me stop you right there. The accepting social criticism, the, you know, one of the things that I know you and I have not been thrilled about is the rise of what I would call the participation trophy society, where you get applauded or just showing up, or if you don't even show up completely, they're so happy you show up by the second half of the event that you're applauded. You can do no wrong. And when you and I were growing up, if you were involved in athletics or whatever, there was only a first place trophy and it wasn't six feet tall. It was like five inches tall, but you'd be out there killing each other literally. If you were playing football, you'd be trying to <laughs> absolutely kill each other for that six inch trophy. And nowadays they'll give you a five foot tall trophy because you showed up on the team, came to some of the practices and your mom was the team mother who bought all the refreshments. Uh-huh. Yeah, well, let me tell you how it worked when I played football. Pop corner football. If you didn't show up for practice, you didn't play. You didn't scrimmage. And you went out and literally, and I remember this, just beat the snot out of yourself in August in Pennsylvania in the sun. And believe it or not, it gets into the 80s, 90s, and sometimes the 100s in Pennsylvania. The good news is it lacks the general humidity that we so enjoy down here. Oh, absolutely. But Back in the good old days, they used to make you down a couple of salt tablets to keep up your electrolyte levels while you're out there running around. And we didn't have Gatorade. No, we weren't given Gatorade to drink. We weren't given, like, cool orange slices. We were given water out of a white paper triangular cone-shaped cup that came out of a five-gallon igloo that was probably 60 years old. And it... <laughs> It wasn't Perrier. It didn't go through the Brita filter. In fact, the coach had probably just filled it up with a garden hose on the side of the building. <laughs> and somehow, somehow, we managed not only to survive, but flourish. Well, those of us who didn't die on the field from heat prostration, anyways. Well, I just, I mean, to me, it is incredulous that we need to teach people how to behave in the workplace. We need to teach them how to dress in the workplace. We need to teach them how to make, let's say, less than controversial conversation. And I get it. I mean, with today's woke society, anything can be controversial, as we both well know. And Well, anything you or I say can be controversial oh, because we're part of the patriarch. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we're it, man. I breathe, therefore I oppress you. Yeah, exactly. Well, I had an incident where I was speaking to somebody in a former incarnation, and 
I walked in and she told me, this young lady told me that I was personally killing the planet. And I was like a carbon footprint to have, Adam. Yeah, well, she told me that I was personally killing the planet because I was about to enjoy a turkey sup. And the amount of grain and area needed to feed one single turkey could feed four families or something. And, you know, she started on this tirade. Now, you understand, this is a receptionist at a company that I worked at. And I Mm -hmm. said, well, let me ask you a question. I said, just out of curiosity, where did you get your statistics? You know, where did you get your information? She said, off the internet. Well, there you go. (laughs) I'm like, and you researched this thoroughly. She goes, no, I read it. It's true. Well, let me just ask you one question, though. Okay, so you're eating a turkey sandwich. Turkey And the amount of turkey you're eating has supposedly been created by the turkey eating so much grass or whatever that you could grain. eat. Grain. Yep. So much grain. So, so four family of four would be living on the grains that one turkey would eat. I don't, I don't quite see how that works out that thousand pounds of humanity is living off the grains eaten by a 15-pound turkey. I'm just telling you what I was told, and I thought, and you believe that. You've done no further research on that. Nope. No. I'm like, okay. Okay. <laughs> All right. One, is that an appropriate conversation to have with your employer while he's getting ready to enjoy a turkey sandwich? I submit to you it's probably not. Two, as you pointed out, there may be a little bit of a disconnect between the amount of grain fed to a turkey and its ability to sustain four families. I believe well, a really big turkey, Adam. I mean, maybe, maybe I'm true. I'm, the, the turkeys I'm acquainted with are not that big. I mean, I've seen I mean, some I big ones. A 2,000 pound turkey, maybe. That's a big damn turkey. Listen, if there's a 2,000 pound turkey out there, I would be scared of it avenging itself for all of the reparations for the turkeys that we've consumed over the last 200 years. I would be significantly concerned about the damage a 2,000 pound turkey could do. But yeah, believe it or not, this is not the end of my aneurysm. The next one up, and I literally just got this one like yesterday. (laughs) There is a company. I can't even say this with a straight face. (laughs) There's a company that is a nationally recognized provider of flexible office space. Okay. Okay. Like Regis or any any number of those other like executive centers. Like what was it? WeWork or yeah, they did, yeah. Go, they did do. Was it WeWork that kind of went down in flames? Yes, but very similar operation. But okay. here's the one that really. I mean, to me, it just kind of. I don't even know how you describe. This. Is it compounded? Certainly. This nationally, and they might even be an international company that provides flex workspace for people and I had one for a while, is now building out and fitting out a workspace to bring (laughs) the Barbie concept to the workplace. Really? Well, you know, Adam, it's interesting you mentioned that, and I'll just digress for a second, because I've seen ads for all types of product tie-ins with the Barbie movie, which I believe just came out, and car companies, drink products. I mean, this movie is an advertising juggernaut, which really surprises me. But I think we might as well admit that we're kind of experiencing it firsthand because the wife of the chairman of the board of the Omaha Bugle, she's taken it upon herself to redecorate our newsroom in Barbie pink. Is yeah, which that is why what, you and I is that yeah, what we, the hell this is about? Well, you know, that's why you and I are sitting here in these very lovely pink suits with the pink tie and the pink shirts and the pink shoes and all the walls are pink. Uh, I know this is a podcast, so we just have to describe this. 
But apparently, this is viewed as a big improvement over the old monochrome newsroom that you and I both know so well and love. Exactly. So, I mean, I hate, you know how I hate change, but <laughs> pink? Really? Well, the problem is everywhere I look, it's all pink. Everything's just flaring out. I can't, I see you over there, sort of, but the rest, you're you're disembodied. I can't see any contrast between your no, it's like a green, it's almost like a green screen, huh? Yeah, it's a pink screen. It's a pink screen. So I don't know how long it's going to be this way. I'm hoping this is just a temporary thing, but I'm a little worried that we have to wear these pink suits for a while. Well, in case you're wondering, Jeff, if you need the Barbie office, it's called the Barbie Dream Office. Ooh. The first one will be located on Brickell Avenue. Yeah. This would be in Miami, Florida, right? <laughs> yes, but it features glitter bedazzling. Mm. Okay. <laughs> they have Barbie-inspired furniture, including a glossy desk and a diamond-tufted pink executive chair, sequined throw pillows, and a vintage rotary phone. <laughs> It'll be available. I will say that those those rotary phones are a lot more durable than the fancy pants smartphones we have. Yeah, you, know, you could throw those things into a brick wall, and they knock the brick wall out. I mean, how many times in your lifetime did the phone in the kitchen fall off the wall? Yeah, or it got yanked off the hall table because of somebody oh, yeah. tearing up and down the hallway? Oh, yeah. 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 It, you yeah. picked the thing up. First off, it weighed 15 pounds. Oh, it was made out of bakelite. You couldn't destroy it. No. no, no there's no cracking with screen. Full of group. No. Yeah. It, no. it even dialed if half the dial was missing. But how about this? It's available August 1st for a mere $1,955 a month. Uh, sign me up. Now, remember, that's not you sitting in that office all the time. That's just your exclusive right to use it, but not exclusive. Your right to use the office. So if it's really popular, well, there'll just be a long line snaking around the block. We just take turns going, sit in the chair, spinning around. Then we got to get up and go back to the end of the line. Or... Well, and if you're spinning around in a purple or pink-tusted executive chair, do you have to kick your lower legs? Just kind of kick them around and some kind of joyful dances you're rotating in your pink-tusted, I mean... Really, and they have a what appears to be in this picture a pink fuzzy ottoman for you to put your feet up on. Exactly. Wow. Well, I think I'm a little afraid about going back to my uh, office. I don't know if they carried the redecorating idea all the way through the whole building or not. Might have my own pink tufted ottoman sitting there. Well, you know what I'm hoping for, and this is kind of a little bit of a stretch. I mean, if we're going to go with Barbie, then I think that you and I should have the right to have. For example, one of my favorites was Egghead. Remember Egghead from Batman? Sure, the ba- Batman series. Absolutely. I want either my office to be decorated like Egghead's secret lair, or my other personal favorite was King Tut. Oh, I remember him from the Batman yeah, series. Exactly. He was always trying to produce the Abu Rabu Simbu 2 elixir, where he could control all of Gotham City's mind. <laughs> Exactly. The only thing is, I don't think the wife of the chairman of the board is really so interested in non-pink decors at the moment. Well, listen, if we're going to be completely fair, you know what I'm thinking? I'm thinking maybe, you know, we ought to do We ought to hold out until they redo the studio like the mm. Bat Cave. Now, that would be cool. Huh? That would be very cool. The Bat that, Cave. That I like. That I like. Yeah. I've got it. I've got it. You know what we need? I know exactly what we need. We need the con from Star Trek. Circa like 1969, you know? Walk in, the doors go... Yeah, my, my chair could rotate and I have little buttons on it. Yeah, I have the engineers sitting down there in front of us at the controls. 
Well, that would be cool. That's what I'm uh, thinking. And all those flashing buttons. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And you push them, nothing happens, but you at least get to push them. Oh, yeah. But remember the big screens, too? Oh, yeah. Big oh, yeah. screens. It's right. Got to have a big screen. They were way ahead of their time with the flat screen. Oh, of course. Oh, yeah. The only problem, though, is we might have to go to etiquette class. Yeah, maybe overacting class so we could learn how to act like William Shatner. Oh, my God. Wouldn't that be awesome? Oh, that'd be so great. Well, actually, he could make an appearance. That's what I mean, I'm thinking. Yeah, hey, yeah. You know what? We ought, to, we ought to try and get him on the show. I think that's a great idea. I think, I think we ought to reach idea. out to Shatner's people and see if he'd be willing to come on the show with us. Sure. Reach a whole new audience. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, let's face it. I don't know how many of our listeners are in that octogenarian cohort, but hey, it can't hurt, right? Now, admittedly, there's fewer of them in the Barbie generation, but hey, we're all about inclusion here at the Omaha Bugle. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Well, that's why I'm happy to go along with this new pink motif, because I'm all about being accepting and inclusive and would prefer not to tick off the wife of the chairman of the board too much as well, so... Jeff, truth be told, when it comes to colors of this, uh, I don't know how you correctly describe it, but magnitude, Mm -hmm. you know, that the depth of color, I don't know, the intensity of the color, I'm slightly colorblind anyhow. (laughs) I thought we were... I completely you're not even. You're, you're no. not even noticing uh, it. Oh, okay. No, no, no. Well, you remember those tests where they have the little dots on it? If you can read oh, yeah. the numbers, I couldn't read any of the numbers. Oh, really? Nah, no. hell. I've gone out to work. In fact, one day I went out to work in our former offices, in our former mm. real estate offices, and I have a. <laughs> I had a burgundy shoe on and a black shoe on. Well, I do that all the time. I can't blame colorblindness on it. I sort of kind of fashion insensitivity wow. or just plain stupidity, basically. Well, you know how I got away with it for years. Was Rhonda used to sew little animals in my clothes, and I'd match the animals. <laughs> Anyhow, Mr. Weaver, we have reached that time in our broadcast. We're at the top of the hour. So if you don't mind, I'd like to bring this one to a close. So until next time, this is... Senior Correspondent Adam Von Romer and Senior Correspondent Jefferson Weaver reporting from the Omaha Bugles Global News Network.